Amen. Well, it is a, a joy and a privilege to be with you uh, once again. And um, we're going to be reading just now um, from the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. Um, I'm reading from the New King James, but actually any comments I make um, will be from the King James because um, that's the one I, I use every day and I, I love it and I just can't get away from it. So I'm sure you'll forgive me for that, won't you? But we're reading from the New King James. Just the first five verses and verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of God, so the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them, down to verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just a little story about Jonah before we continue. A little girl was arguing with her teacher about whales. The teacher said it was impossible for a whale to swallow a human. The girl said a whale had swallowed Jonah. The teacher insisted she was right. And the girl said, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. What if Jonah went to hell? asked the teacher. The little girl replied, Then you can ask him. <laughs> I'm glad gave, God gave us a sense of humor, aren't you? Praise God. Now, skeptics and some commentators believe that the book of Jonah is merely allegorical and has no basis in fact. But Jonah is mentioned elsewhere in the Old Testament as a real prophet in two kings. And also our Lord Jesus Christ speaks of Jonah's time in the belly of the whale, as being true 
and figurative of his redemptive death and resurrection. So we can trust the biblical record. The book of Jonah is a marvelous story of salvation, redemption, and God's wonderful grace to humankind. And if you read through the book, you'll find the word, the Lord. And that's really Jehovah. And when we read of Jehovah in the Old Testament, it's really speaking with the light of the New Testament that we have of Jehovah Jesus. Lovely. So let me just give our reading a little bit of context. The book begins with the Lord speaking to Jonah and telling him to go to Nineveh and cry against it because of their wickedness. Jonah, however, was having none of it and ran away to the port of Joppa bought a ticket for a ship going to Joppa in completely the opposite direction to Nineveh. Now, the voyage was not a complete success. As the ship sailed onto the high seas, the Lord sent a great wind and a violent storm which threatened to break up the ship. Now, Jonah, oblivious to all this, was fast asleep in the bottom of the ship while the crew were running around like chickens with no heads, throwing the cargo overboard to try and save the ship. When they roused Jonah, he confessed straight away that he was the cause of all the trouble and told them, to throw him into the sea, and all would be well. And it was. Now, just a few points about Jonah's experience here. Firstly, he chose to run away from the Lord's specific word to him. Now, four times... In the New King James and the King James Version, the the New International is slightly different, but four times in the King James Version, it speaks of Jonah going down. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. Later, while he was in the belly of the whale, he went down to the bottom of the mountains. And the one, that's three. The one, in case you missed it, I'm just checking to see if you're awake. He went down into the hold of the ship where he slept. Now, the application for you and for me is that if we choose to disobey the word of Jesus to us personally, our life will go down. It will deteriorate spiritually It won't stand still. If you think you can hear the word of God and it speaks to you and you ignore it, your life will go down. You can't mark time. Secondly, 
When the sailors roused Jonah, they said to him, What do you mean, O sleeper? Arise and call upon your God. They were in the midst of a mighty storm and Jonah was oblivious. Incredible, isn't it? He was senseless in a deep stupor. This is one of the effects of walking away from God. We become spiritually senseless. Now, as we've already heard this morning, we're living in perilous days when there's great uncertainty around us. And men and women, including many Christians, are full of fear. We've been told what the remedy is, but it's no time to be asleep spiritually. In fact, as the days continue, if we are to survive and thrive as Christians, we must live very near to Jesus. If we don't, we won't endure. You'll remember the words of Jesus in the Gospels, when he spoke of the last days, he said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So it's not a time for being spiritually lax and lazy, for being asleep and being casual about the things of God. Back to our story. During the three days Jonah was in the fish's belly, he prayed from the depths of the sea and the depths of his heart. His prayer concluded with the words, salvation comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now it almost seems that upon this exclamation, the fish responded with a huge hallelujah. And he vomited Jonah onto dry land. Incredible. I've heard of donkeys speaking in the Bible, but I haven't heard of fish speaking in the Bible. But maybe that was his exclamation at that time. Now, this is where we reach the beginning of our reading. And the word of the Lord, the word of Jehovah Jesus, came the second time to Jonah. I want you to note that it was exactly the same word that came to him the first time. Now, brothers and sisters, let me give you an example and ask you a question. Do you mind if I take my coat off? If you were in business, thank you, my brother, and you asked a staff member to perform a task and they didn't do it, or you were in the home and you asked a cleaner to clean a particular area or a decorator to decorate a particular room and they didn't do what you asked, would you give them a second chance? I have to say, if it was me giving the instruction and it wasn't carried out, I'd be very reluctant. 
Here we have Jonah, a prophet of the Lord, who God asks to go to Nineveh and who goes in exactly the opposite direction and tries to get as far away as possible. And yet, the Lord brings his word to Jonah a second time. How amazing is this? Now, I only have three brief points to make about this story. And the first one is this. God cares. Jesus cares. He's the God of the second chance. In fact, in my own personal experience, I can testify that he's not only the God of the second chance, he's the God of the third, fourth, and fifth chance, and he's even the God of the hundred and second chance. I preached a similar message at a church a few weeks ago, and a businessman came up to me afterwards, and he said, if I'd given someone 102 chances, my business would be bankrupt. And I said to him, that's exactly the point. God is not looking for short returns from our lives. He's building for eternity. He's preparing us for eternity. And so he doesn't give up. And he does give us the second and the third and the fourth. He's a God of grace. Hallelujah. It's exciting, isn't it? God's Word is wonderful. Praise the Lord. It's good to get excited about God's Word. It's good to get excited about Jesus. God didn't write Jonah off. He pursued him. (laughs) Have you ever known God pursuing you? Hallelujah. I'm glad he does. He worked circumstances miraculously until he got Jonah's attention again. It's worth noting it can be dangerous to be around someone who's running from God. Those sailors' lives were put in peril because Jonah was disobedient to the Lord. Beware. We do not and cannot live without our lives affecting others. So how did Jonah renew his commission? Through turning back to the Lord in prayer. In my distress, he says, I called to the Lord... And he answered me. And he prayed that from the belly of the fish in the depths of the ocean. That's a funny place to pray, isn't it? But God heard. Hallelujah. And God answered. Another amazing aspect of God's care here is that not one of the sailors drowned. Yeah. 
despite the violence of the storm and the hazards of throwing the cargo and Jonah overboard. Secondly, Jesus cares for you and me. Because of the Lord's care for Jonah, who we also learn from chapter 4, you know, very often we have views of saints in the Bible that, oh, they're on a pedestal way up here somewhere. But in chapter 4, we read of Jonah. He was a grumpy, churlish, very imperfect man of God. How human is he? You ever been grumpy? Surely, have I? No, never. Come on, let's get real. But from this we can know that he cares and loves us. Hallelujah. We can depend upon his word. We can depend upon his faithfulness. Everything that happened with and through Jonah in these events was totally dependent on the grace of God. Take God out of the events and nothing extraordinary would have happened. How easy it would have been for the Lord to cast Jonah aside and use someone else. But he didn't, did he? Jonah called, and Jesus answered. Hallelujah. Thirdly, God cares for those around us. I'm glad about that. Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire was one of the great powers of Jonah's day. Their influence was felt throughout the ancient world. They were renowned for their brutality and vice. And so great was their wickedness and violence at the time that they were very, very close to judgment. You know, that description could easily be spoken of the world in which we live today. Now, Jonah was commissioned to preach just eight words. Get that? Jonah, you only speak the words that I give you. And God gave him eight words. And it doesn't matter which version you look in, it's eight words. That's all. Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. This he must have repeated over and over when he got to the outskirts of Nineveh and walked right through the suburbs and across the city. That's all he said. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. How monotonous. How boring. Just eight words. But he was commissioned by God. 
So thorough was the effect on the population that word even came to the king. And in repentance and humility, he came down from his throne, took off his royal robes and put on sackcloth. He proclaimed a fast and commanded the population to cry mightily to God in prayer. Now, many of us will remember or have heard stories of the Welsh revival in 1904, over a hundred years ago, when a young man named Evan Roberts was used mightily by God to bring thousands to Jesus. The services were lengthy and were held night after night. It was reported that over 100,000 souls came to Christ in a short period of three months. But Jonah only preached eight words. Is this the shortest sermon ever? And saw over 120,000 people repent and turn to God. Proportionately, that's 15,000 for every word that he spoke. That's a good return, isn't it? So what's the application for us today? In 2019, there were just over 130,000 people living around Stratford-on-Avon. The figure for Solihull, a bit further north, is 123,000. How can we reach them? Quite recently, the Bishop of Hereford, Richard Jackson, said, and I'm paraphrasing, that many churches are asking the question, how can we introduce more people to our churches and get more people to come to our services? It sounds like a laudable aim, doesn't it? He went on to say, I actually think we're asking the wrong question. We should be asking... How can we introduce more people to Jesus and get more folk to come to him? The implication for us is clear, isn't it? Now you, like me, may say, but I'm not gifted as a personal evangelist. I find it difficult to speak about my faith. Yes, that may be so. But we can drop a word here and there in season for him, can't we? Jonah didn't speak a great long sermon and it wasn't exactly full of love and grace. But Jonah was in touch with God despite his many failings. And he only spoke the words that God gave him. 
just eight words. And a city of over 120,000 repented and turned to the Lord. God was concerned about the eternal destiny of the people of Nineveh. And he's just as concerned about the eternal destiny of the people around us today. In many ways, Jonah is representative of the Old Testament church. If you read Jonah chapter 1 in detail, it tells us that God could reach out and touch the lives of hardened seamen with no difficulty. He could cause over 120,000 alien people in Nineveh to repent and follow him. But the Lord had great difficulty in getting his own church in that day to obey and follow him. Will the same be said of us, his New Testament church, today? I'm coming to a close. There's a lovely, challenging old hymn we used to sing many years ago. There's a work for Jesus, ready at your hand. Tis a task the Master just for you has planned. Haste to do his bidding. Yield him service true. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. Are we ready and willing to be a part of what he wants to do today? He's the God of the second chance. Praise him. Hallelujah. Then let me encourage you to pray that God will touch and renew us afresh today and do something through us for the extension of his kingdom. If you do need a fresh touch from heaven, then do come to the front and we'll pray for you. Meet with Jesus before you leave the service today. Act on what he has told you and see him work something new in your life today, just as he did with dear old Jonah. God cares. Jesus cares for you and for me. And Jesus cares for those around us. Amen.